0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shot Callers, a Storied Rivals podcast where we sit down with high school football coaches. And today we're in the Muskingum Valley League with the Tri-Valley Scotties who went eight and two in the regular season last year. Head coach Cam West is joining the show. Coach West, thanks so much for being here. Um, How's your summer going? How are you? And um, what's the energy like in Dresden around uh, Tri-Valley football this year?
1: Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I appreciate everything you guys do. Uh, Storied Rivals been around for a long time. I've been involved with with Aaron. Um, I've known Aaron for a long time since I was in high school. He's a great guy. And uh, what he does to promote uh, high school athletes around here is fantastic. So I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, uh, But everything's going well. Um, The summer is, it's flown by. Um, We're getting ready to start two days here. Obviously, everyone is July 31st. And I feel like, Shoot, it was not that long ago and it was January and we were starting our offseason program. But the energy um, has been fantastic in Dresden. Uh, The attendance has been fantastic. Our kids are committed. They're showing up every single day and that's half the battle in high school. Uh, We we battle with, not battle, but we have kids that play multiple sports and um, baseball is obviously big um, for some kids in the summer and we want those kids to go do that. Um, I tell our kids all the time, as long as you're out competing, doing something, you're not just laying around in bed and skipping workouts. I'm cool with that. So, um, our kids are really getting really good at communicating possible conflicts with the schedule, giving me their baseball schedule and things like that. So, uh, the energy has been good. And like I said, uh, we're, I think ready to go on July 31st.
0: So have you done a lot of seven-on-sevens this summer at all or scrimmages or anything like that?
1: We we have actually only done three. Uh, we just finished our last one last night. Um, we did two with West M. Um, I know uh, me and Coach Brownery go way back, so he was actually my coach in high school. Um, right. So we went there in June. They came to us uh, this past week. Uh, we did one with Licking Valley last night. So good competition. Uh, West M's got some some great players, and we saw some things – um, that we needed to see. They have uh, Rashid can run, uh, and he ran. By yeah, us. he ran by us quite a few times. So it was good for us to see that um, that game speed, uh, and their quarterback can, can sling it too. So um, the same thing with Licking Valley last night. They had they have a really good quarterback a kid that's played for a few years, uh, and they've got good looking skill kids uh, that can also run. So um, I tell our kids, our goal is not obviously to. We, we don't keep score we're not we're not in a seven on seven tournament we're working on our our stuff um we're not just throwing deep balls every single play so we saw some good things uh we saw some bad things uh, that we need to fix before week one so uh, we use seven on sevens kind of we watch a lot of film on them uh, and and try to fix some mistakes
0: so I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on the seven on sevens in general because i feel like it's kind of the way to go like across the country nowadays for teams to kind of get some off-season competition and you don't really see a whole lot of scrimmages where you've got the pads on and you're cracking pads or anything it's these seven on sevens where it's really you get a ton of reps for like your your quarterbacks your receivers defensive backs it's I mean because it's it's all passing basically Um, and so you don't get to see like your running backs they're they're catching balls out of the backfield but they're not running between the tackles or anything there's obviously no offensive or defensive lines What are your thoughts on that, on the popularity of 7-on-7s as a whole? And um, I guess kind of the idea of like this shift to now, like football is now primarily like a passing league, and now you really see that with with summer football.
1: Yeah, I mean, 7-on-7s, I think they have their place. Um, But 7-on-7 is not football. Uh, It's not real football. Uh, It it can create bad habits, especially for quarterbacks sometimes, um, because there is no offensive line. Uh, blocking so you, you have wide open vision, there's no pass rush. Um football to, to me is is about physicality and tackling is a huge part of football. And those are two things in a seven on seven that are not involved. Um so it, it is good to to get your timing down with your quarterbacks and and to see different teams, but uh, a 7-on-7 seven seven is not football. There's, there's zero tackling, which is a gigantic portion of football. Um, maybe your linebackers get some bad habits, too, because they immediately get into a pass drop. They really don't have to read, run, or pass. Um, but we don't, uh, we don't do a ton of them. Uh, we we'll stick around three a summer, and I think that's good for us.
0: So I kind of want to get your thoughts also, I guess, on the running back position, because it, that that position doesn't really get showcased a ton in the seven on sevens because they're just catching passes out of the backfield. So you don't get to see them running between the tackles. You, uh, you don't get to see them step up in pass protection. And we're kind of seeing it now, I guess, like in the NFL, where a lot of running backs don't they're not getting paid like like they want to be paid i mean they they perform really well in the rookie contracts and then um, when it comes time for a payday because of just how physical that position is they don't they don't get uh maybe the payday that that they deserve in their eyes. Um, And I, I feel like we might be starting to see a shift in that, you know, as we move down to the college level and then maybe even in high school with just the shift to passing in general, um, where do you see the value of the running back position? I guess kind of in the, maybe in the college, but also like really in the high school sphere where I think that it's, it's the one place where running the football is still a primary focus, I think for a lot of high school coaches, but we're starting to see, you know, at these upper levels, it's, more passing and there's, there's reluctance, I guess, around embracing the running back position.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're fortunate at the high school level that a running back is still a gigantic piece of the puzzle. Um, for us, we want, and we haven't been able to run the football really well the past few years. And it's been a, it's been a, a point of emphasis for us um, in the offseason. We've got to be able to run the football. I think if you can control the football by churning out yards, it makes a quarterback's job easy. Uh, because teams aren't obviously sitting on pass every single play. Um, but I think it's just seeing the landscape of football, NFL, college, uh, obviously the running backs are, they're, they're kind of disrespected, I guess, uh, in that regard, in terms of pay, um, because the the lifespan of a running back in the NFL is not very long. Uh, it's a physical sport. Um, but fortunately in high school, I think the running back still a, a vital piece of the puzzle. Um, and, and we, obviously want to run the football and good teams. When you go to the state championship games, a lot of times late in the year, um, the teams that can run the football are in the state championship game. Um, you look at the pick centrals and, and those guys, when they line up and, and they're, I mean, they're running straight downhill. Clinton Massey, uh, they, I wouldn't watch the state championship game a couple of years ago. I don't, they might've thrown two or three passes. So I think in high school, running backs are still important. It's a shame those guys in the NFL, um, aren't getting paid what the receivers are getting paid, but that's just the, the landscape of of the game, I guess, in um, the higher levels.
0: Right, right. So I also, I, so I kind of want to shift gears a little bit to kind of your story because I, I think it's, I think there's something to be said about your story. You were kind of a fire starter for the Tri-Valley football program when you played, um, led the team to help lead the team to its first the playoff appearance, won its first playoff game, and everything like that. And then you, you played for a powerhouse in Division Three college football with Mount Union, uh, and then you end up finding your way back here and coaching the team that it, that started it all for you. Is this is this how it always like? Is this how you always envisioned it in your head? You know, playing here, you go off to college, you do your you do your thing, but then coming back, was that always the goal for you, or did it some is it something that just kind of unfolded as as time went by? Kind of walk me through. Um, I guess how you got to this point is this how you always saw it?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that this the position that I'm in right now has definitely always been a dream of mine, um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, Coach Buttermore. In 2004, my freshman year, uh, we hired a guy by the name of Justin Buttermore, and and from the very first time I met him, I knew uh, that it was it, it was different. Um, just just the kind of person he was um the the great dad that he was uh the great family man he was uh, he was uh he was such a role model um for for not only me but i know a lot of my teammates uh and just the the way he handled himself and, and the way we prepared um he was i was lucky to be a part of um, when he was here um, as a as a player, and then and then getting to coach with him, um, so he kind of started it all. Uh, we had some we had some good players uh, around me uh, in, in 2007. Uh, we had a really really good offensive line, and we we were big. We had two Division one um, offensive linemen, which helps. So um, there was a lot of pieces that went into it. Coach Buttermore h- hired a great staff. Um, a bunch of guys on that staff are head coaches now, um, so there's a lot of things that went into it. But this has always kind of been the dream for me. Um, playing for Coach Buttermore, going to, going to Mount Union, uh, I wanted to get away. I knew, I mean, I was realistic. I'm five foot eight, and not very fast. I knew uh, football was going to end someday, but I wanted to go play. Um, so what what better place than Mount Union to go play, to play for a national championship every year? Obviously, the <clears throat> the pool of Larry Karras, um, one of the best coaches in college football um, winning his in college football, getting to play for him for four years. Learned from him was fantastic. His son Vince took over, which he, I played defense at Mount and he was my defensive coordinator. So uh, playing for those guys was fantastic. Learned some things uh, at Mount at union. It was different because I mean, we had 120 kids in my freshman class. Uh, so just watching the way that the coaches, um, how we practiced was was phenomenal. We would have 220 kids and the practice was very efficient. Uh, so learning how to make practice plans really efficient was something that I took away from Mount Union uh, in relationships. A lot of guys I played with are now high school coaches all over the state. We run into each other at clinics and uh, we bounce ideas off of each other there. Um, so that was a, an opportunity and, and, and a time in my life that I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, played in four, four national championship games, only won one of them, but um, getting that experience was was fantastic. Um, after college, I knew um, that I wanted to coach football. Um, I got my first opportunity to coach football uh, right after college. And it wasn't back here. It wasn't Muskingum Muscam County. It was actually at Rootstown, uh, which is near Kent, Ohio. <clears throat> A guy by the name of Mark Geist took over Rootstown. And he is actually the head coach at Green now. I gave him my first opportunity. Um, and fresh out of college. Let me help call plays, uh, which kind of gave me confidence that I can that I can do this. Now we weren't very good, uh, but I learned a lot that year. Um, that was in 2012. And in 2013, I made my way back to move back home, uh, made me w- my way back, got a job at Foxfire, and Coach Buttermore hired me here at Tri Valley uh, in 2013, and that's kind of uh, where it took off. Coached with him through 2018 took a year off in 19, kind of got into the administ- uh, administrative side of education. I uh, worked at Foxfire for a year um, and didn't coach. And that year kind of showed me and taught me a lot about myself that I needed football. Uh, I missed it so much the year I took off that I knew I had to get back and I had to coach. I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was so weird going a whole summer, not working out, not being around the kids, um, so I knew that year when I was at Foxfire, I had to get back coach in some way. Uh, and it just kind of worked out that Tri-Valley had an opening, I uh, interviewed for the job and, and fortunately, um, they gave me the job. So, uh, the rest is history and I hope, uh, that I can see this through for a long time.
0: So I, I want to move now to kind of like when, when you played at, at Tri-Valley, your team kind kind of revolutionized the MVO as far as offense goes bringing in the spread offense. Um, I guess now that you're a coach and you've learned the schematics and I mean you were with one of the great coaches in Division Three football and at Mount Union. And, of course, you mentioned Coach Buttermore. But how have you seen offense change over the years as you've become a head coach? And um, now you've been with Tri-Valley, you know, as the, as the head coach for a couple of years now. How have you seen offense change? And how have you evolved your coaching as offense has, has changed through the years?
1: Yeah, I think football as a whole has changed um, offensively and defensively. Obviously, um, football is not as physical as it used to be. Um, certain plays that were seen as great plays or great blocks 10 years ago are now 15 yard penalties. The, their personal fouls. So um, football has changed. It's played in a lot more space. You don't see teams lining up in the power eye anymore and running running straight downhill. Um, so you, you got have you got evolve your, your team and put kids in positions that can move. Um, football a lot today is about moving in space. Breaking down, making tackles in space. Um, so I think as football evolves, the, your your game plan and your scheme has to evolve too. Um, we have we have linebackers now. Uh, you don't see 240 pound linebackers that you used to um, back in the day because they've got to be able to cover sh- so much more ground in the pass game. So we have smaller linebackers that can run. Um, you, you just you just don't see those big big hoss linebackers anymore that that don't run very well um, so football's evolved and and so is uh, my coaching style obviously as football changes I think you have to evolve uh, as the game does and you have to change as your players change every single year um, for us uh, we get now, obviously you graduate a big senior class, you get a whole new crop of kids that are different kids and they're, they're good at different things. So I think it's really important that you kind of, you have a system in place, uh, but you change things here and there to, to make sure that you're, you're putting your kids in position to succeed. Um, you don't want to make kids do things they can't do very well. So um, we, we change things, we have a system, but we change things here and there every single year based on our, our, our personnel
0: this season now um, with some of the guys that you have coming back kind of preview the 2023 season for your squad but um, looking at last year some of the guys that left and uh, there's a lot of guys that did a lot of great things for you so I'm going to look down at this sheet here but like you had linebacker Hansel Holmes 92 tackles four forced fumbles uh, wide receiver Jaden Walker over 600 yards eight touchdowns Aaron Frew played offensive and defensive line he had 50 tackles six sacks Um, Ethan Helms uh, Thirty-two tackles, three sacks. Mason Proudy on the offensive and defensive line. He had, you know, he was a disruptor. Twenty-six tackles, five tackles for loss. Uh, Thomas Williams in the um, in the defensive backfield. Um, four interceptions, 41 tackles, a um, lot of defensive disruptors uh, and some beef up front that are gone. But you do have your quarterback coming back this year, Max Lyle. You have Ashton Sensabaugh coming back who had 1,000 t- yards uh, and then 15 touchdowns. So I guess kind of talk about the guys you have coming back to the Scotties this year um, and who will lead your team offensively and defensively.
1: Yeah, first of all, the, saying those names that we lost, man, they're, they're going to be hard to replace. Um, those kids that we had last year, not only were great football players, they were great in the classroom, uh, and they were great leaders. Uh, Hansel Holmes kind of led the charge of that senior class, and he was, uh, he was just a fantastic kid. Uh, he was a kid that, uh, obviously, I have, a, I have a young son now, man, and, and, and I would be blessed if, if he grew up to be uh, like Hansel Holmes, great in the classroom, um, yes, sir, no, sir, great family. So replacing those guys is going to be tough. Obviously we lose um, great football players, but great leaders uh, as well. So um, with the guys we have coming back, I like our crew coming back. We had a bunch of young kids play last year, young in terms of sophomores, probably more sophomores play than, than you would like. Um, But uh, it was a fun year because those sophomores got better and better and better. And by week 12, we were, we were playing pretty well. Um, This is the first year since I've been a head coach that we have a quarterback returning Um, my first um, years here. We had a different quarterback every single year. Uh, we, we started a senior um, every year here. So it's nice to have a quarterback coming back who knows the system uh, and, and to kind of see him progress. Um, obviously returning some skill, uh, which is good. But um, the thing that makes me nervous and, and the biggest part of football is, is up front. And I've heard a couple of the guys on the the podcast talk about the offensive line. Uh, And that's where football games are won, offensive and defensive line. And we're going to have some new faces up there. Uh, We have some some young guys that have played a little bit um, that are going to be juniors that are going to have to play. Um, So uh, we're going to start four new offensive linemen. Our defensive line is going to look way different. Um, But I like our crew coming back. They've had a great summer. They're working hard. And uh, we're looking forward to it.
0: Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Shot College today and chop it up about some football, Um, some interesting topics, just kind of, I guess, with football in general, with like the running back position, seven on sevens and stuff, but also previewing the season for your team. Um, Tri-Valley has been great, really, ever since your playing days, and you're a large part of that. Um, And so I'm looking forward to what you guys do this year in the MBO. Eight and two last year, won a playoff game. Um, So I'm excited to see what you guys do in the big school division in the MBO in 2023.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, we're excited. Uh, Football, the the beginning of of football, beginning of August is the best time of the year. Um, School's right around the corner. I think we're all ready to get back on a schedule. So um, I'm looking forward to this season.